welcome to the Hope City Church podcast. We're so excited for you to listen along and hear this week's message. We pray it inspires and motivates and draws you closer to Jesus. Let's take a listen. This church is founded upon every person that's sitting here. So we want to see everybody using their gifts. So today we have Steve. We have Nicole. We have Levi. Sorry, Steve. I set you up for that. We have Nicole. We have Levi. We have Jaden. And we have Ella speaking today. So let's just give them a cheer this morning. (laughs) It's going to be so good. And one of the things that, you know, is our kids, you know, we're growing up. Our kids are like adults now. Actually, it's true. Um, but I can remember them, like, doing speeches and stuff in school, and I'd hear all the kids going, aren't you nervous? Aren't you nervous? I'm like, no, we're not going to say that anymore. We're going to say, we get to do this. Aren't you excited that you get to do this? Aren't you excited that you get to testify of the goodness of God? Aren't you excited that you get to share a scripture today and, and help just talk about what the Lord has done? And it just like breaks any spirit of fear that could try to come upon you. So we just say where the spirit is, there's freedom and there is liberty today. So let's welcome Steve Trellenberg, my old and dear friend, up here today. Old and dear friends. Since we were children, yeah, long time, long time ago. It is a privilege to be up here to, to talk and to share with you about just what God is, has been speaking to me about. And just like even through this today, just this morning, there's just been a, just kind of a theme, even through prayer and, and worship, just how even Margaret, when she was praying, just how good of a friend God is. And, and Jen was singing about God being a good, good father. And just, it just uh, kind of ties into what I wanted to share just how good he leads us and how gentle he can be. Obviously, he's, he's God. He can be firm and when he wants to, but he's, his spirit is gentle. And he leads us, and he's very patient. Um, and what he just reminded me of was I, I came across a quote just, uh, it was just the other week. It just reminded me of something that he's, he's talked to me before, but I'll read the quote to you. It is... We are formed in and formed through our worship. How we do it and the content of our worship are of utmost importance. That just reminded me of of how we spend our time. Um, Time, if you think about it, is the only only thing that you have a limited amount of, right? You can have more money, you can have more friends, you can have more food, pretty much more of anything if you need to get it. But time, time is the only thing that they really have a limited amount of, and we were designed for worship. Um, and worship is our, you know, giving our affections, our attention, our focus to something, and we just naturally gravitate to, to something. Um, obviously, God made us that way to, to worship him and to have our focus and our attention and have him in that first place in our life, but we can sometimes get off track innocently, not on purpose to to look at something and focus on that, have that become a big part of our life, but innocently, because we're made that way. But what we worship and what we focus on, we become like that. So obviously God has made us that way because he desires us to give him that attention and that focus. So we need to be a good steward of our time. And there's a couple of scriptures I wanted to share. This is Ephesians 5, verse 15 and 16, it says, See that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, 
and then the phrase redeeming the time because the days are evil. And that redeeming the time is also found in Colossians 4 verses 5 and 6. But redeeming the time is like if you get a gift card, like uh, for Apple, iTunes, for example, if you go to the app, on the very bottom it says redeem. So you take your gift card and you redeem it. What does that really mean? It means you're extracting the value of that gift card. So our time, when we redeem our time, we're extracting the value from our time. So it's very important that we focus on first things first, God, and our time is to be redeemed in those moments when we are with him. So I'm just going to read just uh, Ephesians 5.15 again. It says, See that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, redeeming your time, because the days are evil. You ever notice that it seems the world is getting darker and darker and darker, but even a, a tiny little candle flame, I think, can be seen, if you're on the open ocean, something like 13 miles, just uh, in a pitch black dark. So as it, the world seems to be getting darker, our lights, as we seek him, shine even brighter. And then I'm just going to read just what it says in Colossians 4, verse 5 and 6. Walk in wisdom towards those who are outside or those that don't know God. Again, redeeming the time. Let your speech always be with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how, to, how you ought to answer each one. So again, just focusing on our time, how important it is to, to put him first and to extract the value from our time, redeeming our, time, our gift cards, per se, uh, analogy, and be a good steward every time. Um, worship is, is sacrifice. So just another scripture that I was reminded of was when David was purchasing the threshing floor to give a sacrifice to God. He said, I would not offer to God, like the, the owner of it wanted to give it to him. He says, you take it, you can use, use it for what you need it for. And he said, no, I will ha- I'm going to pay for this because I'm not going to offer to God that which costs me nothing. So just back to our worship, how, how it is a piece of us are giving to God and how he honors that. So God is good. God wants us to seek him first, to honor him with our time. And he fulfills that and he comes and he, and he fills the space that we create for him. Amen. Wow. Oh, time to spare. Eight seconds eight seconds on the clock. Oh, you went over. That's okay. Let's let that go. It's okay. So good, hey? Redeeming the time because the days are evil. Not walking as fools but as wise. Um, one of my favorite scriptures in the whole Bible. Okay, special treat. We have Nicole. Nicole, are you here? Nicole is very, very, very dear to my heart, and I can hardly believe we go to the same church. I just, like, makes me happy every Sunday when I get to see you. And she has quite a testimony, but I don't know if you're not sharing your testimony today, right? Okay, you'll have to save it for another day. Actually, if you YouTube her, she's pretty famous with Wagner Hills, but her whole testimony's on there, but she's going to share. Come on, let's give it up for her. Uh, Good morning, everybody. Um, so I think a couple weeks ago I went to uh, Barnabas Family Ministry Camp and we had a wonderful speaker there and he wrote a book called The Eyes on the Sparrow and um, he made us sit with the scripture that I've never really turned to or I've never really thought of and I had a hard time just um, 
putting my head around it. And it's Zechariah 4, verse 10. So it says, do not despise these small beginnings, for the Lord rejoices to see the work begin, to see the plumb line in Zerubbabel's hand. <laughs> so um, that one part, do not despise these small beginnings. So I got to thinking, okay, what does this word despise mean? Because I haven't really took a look at it. So then I went to figure it out. And it doesn't mean, it means to go into almost a loathing, which is an intense dislike. All right, I can kind of start to see. And then you go into the feeling of contempt, which is beneath consideration. So then I got to thinking, where does that play a part in my life? Well, I don't consider all of the small beginnings that got me to where I am today. And that I do almost despise like doing something. Oh, so we have to get up and do this. We have to get up and do that. Well, you have to start somewhere. So all these small steps just start playing into my day-to-day -day life. And so in God's hands, nothing is small or insignificant. And um, so piece by piece, the temple had to be built. And so Zerubbabel had to rebuild it basically from all the rubble, all, and just because God told him to. And he's like, well, so where I take from that is that God took what was left of what I had and what was already inside of me to push me towards those kind of small beginnings, right? It all started from square one, from that one point, from just nothing, but minute by minute, I, he changed the future of many, and I'm changing the future for myself, my kids, my family, everybody. So it was not just the personal determination and the willpower that just made things happen. It was the will of God that says, come on, let's go, and there's a faith and a hope in a better tomorrow. And it's just by the grace of God that made that first small step possible. But that one small step makes great big strides towards the kingdom of God. And that transformation takes time. It takes healing. The best things in life always take time. You just don't get on a bike and be like, oh, yeah, I can do it. Or I can drive a car. No, you can't. <laughs> so it takes time <laughs> to, you know, learn these skills, to take the time to just keep putting those pieces in one by one. Like, beauty really is in the eye of the beholder. Like, I know what I'm building. I know what God told me to build. And so I'm just, just keeping going. Like, I don't want to do it, but I have to. I don't let, like, I have to put in a load of laundry. I have to cook supper. I have to not think those thoughts, not do these things. And it all takes that little, small beginning to not do that anymore. So I'm heading into a bigger completion and it was just God that got me moving because I can't tell you like there's a lot of things that I still have to work on but it was one small step <laughs> that got me to where I needed to be. Hmm. So yeah, other people can just see their own small beginnings and do their own things and we're all at different parts of our lives and. Um, just the value of small beginnings, like the mustard seed, which is small, turns into great things. So, and there's always that 
alpha, that omega, the beginning, the end. God's already there because God is the alpha and the omega. So he's already there watching you. He's already known. So a big goal and dream has to start happening from somewhere. So God gave Zerubbabel the task of completing and rebuilding. But you need the infrastructure first. And it's built on nothing but God. You have to pray for people to nudge towards those small beginnings because it's the quality of the moments, not the quantity of them. It just brings you to a place of obedience. So God is just getting me ready for an outcome that I don't and won't know about until it happens. And God's working through me from the beginning to the end through things I despise and I want to know the outcome, but I won't rush the process because there's no fast track at God's airport, so I'm just going that way. <laughs> Wow. Do you not hear a preacher in her? Could you not just sense the anointing of the Lord just upon her, called for such a time as this? And you're such a clear communicator. And I think, well, think so, because it's true. She said that God is the alpha. That means he's the beginning, okay? He's the omega. That means he's the end. But I heard someone say one time that God is the alpha, he's the omega, and he's everything in between. And do you know what helps us? You know, one thing that we have to remember is that, you know, she talked about step by step. You said something like that, is be faithful with what's in front of you. Some of us deal with that lie of we're not enough or it's not enough. Being faithful is everything. It's being, it, it ties into with what Steve said about redeeming the time. Be faithful. Be faithful and you will get there. I think some of us, you know, or we get a prophetic word from them. We're like, wow, I got this big prophetic word. How am I going to get there? And you're trying every day to make it happen. You know what? Just be faithful with what's in front of you. The door with what's in front of you. You walk through that door. And you know what? You be faithful with that next time after you've walked through that door. Then you're going to go through the next door. Then be faithful. And then you're going to walk through the next door and be faithful. And um, Emily and I were talking um, this week. We were at Starbucks. We had a little chat for a little bit. And... Um, we were talking about moments, and I was sharing with her this little story of me and my friend Russell when we were kids. And have you ever, you know, just seen a really great rainbow? And do you remember when you were a kid, and maybe I'm the only one that thought this, that there was a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow, right? And I can remember my friend and I, my, my friend Russell and I, it was a very magical moment in my mind. I'm not sure it was that magical probably at the time, but I'll take it as a very special moment in my heart. And we were holding hands. Yeah, we were. We didn't like each other. We were just friends and, you know, running through the field and it was raining and there was this rainbow and I was trying to get the pot of gold at the end of this rainbow. And fast forward to five years ago, and, you know, I'm in a, in a worship session with Sean Foyt, and I'm at the front, and he sings this song, Take Me Back to the Beginning, when I was young, running through the fields with you. The Lord takes me back to that moment with Russell, running through the fields as I'm trying to get this pot of gold. And the Lord said, you know what? There's no pot of gold moment. He said, I am the pot of gold moment in your every moment. And it just brought so much freedom. And I think sometimes we're waiting for the big thing. You know what, church? Get thankful. Be faithful and you will get there. God will anoint your faithfulness. God is anointing your faithfulness. Amen? Come on. So good. So good. Okay. Nicole's beloved husband, Levi, is so excited to do this today. Come on. Come on, buddy. It's going to be good. Here we go. 
You know, I was dreading this day that uh, I would have to come up here and do this five for five. I seen it a couple times and I was just like, oh no, when I do this. So here I am. Uh, it seems to be a theme too because what I want to talk about was, uh, was trust in the Lord and faith. And I'm going to refer to uh, Matthew, Matthew chapter 14, verse 22 to 32. The story about Jesus wanting Peter to walk on water. And uh, I mean, it's like... I'm, probably everybody's life, so I know my life and, and Nicole's life, uh, it, it's like in that storm on the boat, and then Jesus is asking you to come take my hand, come walk on water. We got to have faith, we got to have trust in the Lord to be able to walk on water in the end, and to know that he, our lives are his lives, he, like, God made us, right? So we got to have the trust that whatever we do, he, he's got our hand in every situation, even in the bad the worst situation can be we got to have the strongest faith that he'll get us through those hard times and everything. Um, I would like to share a part that uh, also, like, I hear pastors and stuff say, uh, do something, get involved in the church and, and like, just be a part of the church and the, the family. I didn't understand that until I actually started doing the sound, what that really meant, and it, it means, like, Helping out with the church, it actually makes you feel really good. If, if you're struggling through any anxiety or any problems or something, I suggest to get involved in the church because it really helps out. It keeps you closer to God. It keeps you closer to what you need, and it keeps you on the right track. Um, and uh, I'm not very good speaker, so I don't know. And, uh, yeah, I just really want to talk about, like, faith and, and trusting in the Lord that... Uh, any, and any situation, it just, he gets you through anything, and uh, he's actually brought me a lovely wife, and I mean, and also actually, like, to see the change in my kids, especially my teenagers, they went from one life to that I wasn't really giving them the proper life, I won't get into that, but it wasn't good, I'll tell you that much, and to, from when I got them back from my mom to a year later, my teenagers have changed completely, and that's because of God. That's, that's nothing to do with me. That's, that's God showing me the right path, and then I just, God just tells me, just keep doing what you're doing with me, and, and they'll come around. And he's, he didn't let me down. They came around, and they're slowly, they've changed so much in one year. It's amazing. So I just, I, I love God with all my heart, and that's all you have to do. You love God with all your heart in any situation before anybody, and that was one thing he taught me while I was in recovery, even put him before my kids, and I didn't see it until I was, I actually just, I, I gave, surrendered and gave my kids to God, because in the end, they're his kids too. They were his kids before mine. He gave me those kids. So, like, you got to really just put him first before anything, even your kids, your, your wife, those kids, wife, God, kids, wife, family, and everything. And if you're working all towards that, towards God at the same time, God will bring everything else together. And he'll never let you down. Can't you just, you feel the temperature rising, hey, as people start sharing? Is anybody crying? Didn't you just love when he said he gave his children to the Lord? Parents, you're struggling with stuff with your kids? Give them to the Lord. Like Hannah gave Samuel to the Lord, and look what happened. So good. There is such an anointing upon this family. Nicole, can you come up here for a minute? Are you still in here? 
Guys, I wish they had time to share their whole testimony. And you know what? We have done that, haven't we, in the MCA? Did we sort of do that? Maybe another Sunday coming up. But come here. I want to. Yeah, that's good. Just reach your hand out to this family. One of the reasons why we pick these people is we recognize a ministry grace and call upon their life. Lord, I thank you for this family. Lord, I thank you that you've called them into the kingdom for such a time as this. I say that no weapon formed against them shall prosper. Lord, I thank you that all the days of this family that's being held in the palm of your hand are good in the name of Jesus. God, I thank you that you anoint them for this hour, that you would continue to fill their heart and fill their mouths, Lord Jesus, to declare the word of the Lord. Lord, I thank you for what you're doing in their family, Lord Jesus, that it's a work of your spirit, Lord Jesus, Lord, and that you will continue to do um, whatever you need to do in the family, Lord Jesus, and beyond. Lord, I thank you for the gathering anointing on this family, that you would continue to gather the right people around them, Lord Jesus, that you would even lead the right people for this family to help them, Lord Jesus. God, I thank you that you're strengthening the backs of, their, of, their, of this family, Lord Jesus, Lord, to carry the grace that you've called them to carry. There is nothing too hard for you, says the Lord. There is nothing too hard for you, says the Lord, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light, but I am calling you into a new realm, into a new dimension this season. So get ready, so get ready, so get ready to carry the call that I have for you, says the Spirit of the Lord. It is no small call. It is a great call, and I have called you two together. I have called you two together for such a time as this. One can chase a thousand, two can chase ten thousand, and with your family, that's exponential power as you walk together. So, Lord Jesus, God, we thank you for this family today, Lord. We commit them to your hand, Lord Jesus, and we say, Lord, whatever you want to do in them, do it. In the name of Jesus, not by might, not by power, Lord. And I just pray refreshing over them this season, Lord. Though the season has been tough, Lord Jesus, that you would refresh them, that you would encourage them, Lord Jesus, in ways amazing in the name of Jesus, and we all said, amen. Amen? Amen. 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 Love you guys. Love you Come on, let's cheer for them. It's good. The Bible says that the righteous are bold as a lion. So we got a little lion here named Ella. Come on. So good. It's going to be so good. Come on. You share it. Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to talk about peace today because the Lord has been speaking to me about peace a lot over the last few months and currently, and I know he's going to talk to me about peace going forwards. So um, I wanted to start by reminding everyone today what Jesus said in John 14, 27. Jesus said that he's leaving us with a gift of peace, peace of mind and heart. Um, and the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give, so we shouldn't be troubled or afraid. So if Jesus, our Lord and Savior, the King of Kings and the Prince of Peace, has blessed us with the gift of peace, then why are so many of us struggling to find it? Why are so many of us lacking peace, and why are so many of us troubled and afraid? So I just walked through a really hard season and I didn't know how to find the peace. I was reading my Bible and I was praying, but I couldn't quite inhabit that peace of mind and heart that Jesus talks about. 
Um, so one morning before I opened my Bible, I got really honest and like somewhat desperate with the Lord, and I prayed that he would reveal scripture to me that would change my life or give me hope or give me peace. Um, and at the time, I was reading through Isaiah, and on that specific morning, I came across Isaiah 26.3. Isaiah 26.3 says, you will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you and all whose thoughts are fixed on you. So I loved that scripture uh, right away because the idea of perfect peace, uh, perfection, peace, no faults, nothing can get in the way. I loved it. And me being me, I shared it with everyone. I shared it with my connect group. I shared it on social media. I shared it with anyone who I thought might need peace. So one person I shared this verse with um, asked me, so are you at perfect peace? And I very easily, but also kind of embarrassed, said no. Um, and that was kind of the end of the conversation because I was embarrassed. So um, after that, I decided to look at this verse in a different perspective and go a little deeper. Um, because I got stuck at the perfect peace part, I wasn't reading the entire verse. Um, see, the verse doesn't say, you will keep in perfect peace all who call themselves Christians. It doesn't say, you will keep in perfect peace all who only devote their time to the Lord on Sundays. It doesn't say, you will keep in perfect peace all who think about all the bad things and all the hard things and all their circumstances before Jesus. So the scripture says, you will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you and all whose thoughts are fixed on you. See, I was not experiencing that perfect peace and I couldn't find that peace because my thoughts were fixed on my circumstances. My thoughts were fixed on my struggles my thoughts were fixed on my fears, and my fears completely overweighed Jesus. Completely. So after this like realization, I took the very first chance I had to surrender everything to the Lord. Absolutely everything. See, peace is found when we lay down everything at the foot of the cross and shift our full attention to Jesus. When we fix our thoughts on the Lord and trust in him entirely, perfect peace is found. When we stop worrying about our, our lives and begin to plant ourselves and root ourselves in the Lord, we will find peace. So my advice today, if you're experiencing a lack of peace or you're struggling to find the peace or inhabit that peace in your life, is to really take a look at what you're fixing your thoughts on. Take a look at what's overcoming your mind. Take a look at your life and where your focus is and surrender it at the foot of the cross because only Jesus can bring you peace. The peace Jesus gives is a gift the world cannot give. So we shouldn't be worrying about the world. We should be fixing our thoughts on Jesus. And finally, I wanted to remind everyone once again what Jesus said in John 16:33. I've told you all this so that you may have peace in me. 
Here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. Yeah, that's what I gotta say. Take heart. I want you to do something because I know this extraordinary season that you've walked through and you continue to walk through, you mm -hmm. know, this is real to you. Yep. Yeah, it's very real to you. Um, church, could we just close our eyes for a minute and we don't embarrass anybody, but I know this is an area that a lot of us can struggle in, especially in the times and seasons we um, find ourselves in. If peace is something that you really need today, we just lift your hands to the Lord. Okay, now I'm going to ask you to pray a prayer over them, okay? Okay. Um, Father, I pray today, um, I pray for everyone in this room that um, is struggling to find peace. I pray that everyone in this room who is struggling with whatever they're struggling with, um, could be anything, families, relationships, finances, jobs, life, mental health, Whatever it is, Father, I pray that your peace would overweigh their fears. Father, I pray that they would begin to yes. shift their focus yes. from all their struggles, their circumstances, and that they would plant their lives in you, that your peace would overcome it all, and that your peace would wash over them, that it would wash over every area of their life, and that once they surrender to you, they would not pick back up all those hurts they wouldn't pick it back up but they would leave it there at the cross and that they would feel the weight of all that burden they'd feel the weight of everything lift off of their shoulders lift off their whole body and that peace would be the remainder peace and joy and hope in your beautiful love in jesus name amen amen come on let's give it up for Ella. You know, when we were in Calgary, uh, we worked under a pastor called Len Zodeman, and he told me one time, this was years ago, he said, you know, Jen, he said, you can have peace in any moment. And I'm like, yeah? He's like, yeah, you can. And, you know, we know the word of God is true. We've heard the word of God today, and it's really encouraged us. But he taught me this little exercise that has helped me so much, just ties in with what you said. And because I saw him, I, you know, I walked into his office usually every Sunday morning, you know, because it was worship pastor and just, you know, what do you need today? And, you know, we were just connecting. And I saw him one day, I walked in there and he's just like weirdly like looking at the wall and his hands are up. So after I'm like, what were you doing? And he said, I was just doing this little exercise that I do with the Lord when I'm carrying something. He said, I realized that I can have peace in any good moment, that the reason why I'm lacking peace is because I haven't given what I'm carrying to the Lord. And he said, just in two minutes, he said, I just align myself, I align my heart with the Lord. So, you know, he was dealing with something, he'd be, you know, he'd just say, you know, Jen, just do something like this. Just be like, Lord, I can't do anything about this, but you can. So I'm just going to leave this at your feet right now. So you just leave it at the feet of Jesus. And then he would just say, peace, would you come? And then he would receive the peace of God. And then he's like, he's fine. And you know what? I do it all the time. And it works. And it works. Amen. It's just like focusing, shifting from here. So there, okay, finally, where is he? Oh, you're right here, I'm not used to you being in the front. Come on, let's give it up for Jaden. You know, um, I think, were you up here last time? I guess you were so awesome, you got picked again. And I think he tried to get out of it because he was just picked. <laughs> but you know what? Pastor Jake said, no, I want Jaden to speak. And do you guys, were you here when Jaden spoke last time? 
it was powerful and it was awesome. And I don't want to put pressure on you, but the spirit of the Lord is upon you for such a time as this. And I really believe, Jaden, that last time you spoke that you helped release something over the next generation in this house. So I say be released today in the name of Jesus. Good morning, everyone. Yeah, my name is Jaden, and um, yeah, I'm going to be talking about seeking the Lord this morning. God has really been talking to me about this, and I believe that this is an hour that, like, Isaiah 55 says to seek the Lord while he may be found and to call upon his name while he's near. So I'm going to read some verses and do some talking, and I believe this is all going to make sense. So um, Acts 17, 27 says, His purposes was for the nations to seek after God and perhaps feel their way toward him and find him, though he is not far from any of us. Deuteronomy 4.29, but from there you will search again for the Lord your God, and if you search for him with all your heart and soul, you'll find him. One more, Jeremiah 29.13, if you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. I see a pattern in these verses, and the pattern is it's going to take your whole heart, which means it's going to take a heart surrendered to the Lord. You know, Jesus said in Luke 9.23, I'm going to read this. These are the words of Jesus. Then he said to the crowd, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way, take up your cross daily, and follow me. Those are the words of Jesus. Jesus said, you have to do that daily. The Webster's 1828 definition of seek is to inquire for, to ask for, to endeavor, to find or gain by any means. I'm talking about seeking the Lord because God's been showing me that it's crucial and important in this hour that I understand and know how to seek him and find him and call upon his name. Like David said in Psalm 34, I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. Okay, going over to Matthew, Matthew 6.33 says, seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. What I love about this verse is we all have needs that we have to have met. We all have things we need. And I find a lot of the time I go running around on my own strength trying to figure out how I'm going to get this, how this is going to work out. But what God is saying in this verse is that if you will seek him above everything else in your life, he's going to give you everything you need. When you seek the kingdom of God above everything else in your life, the worries of this world no longer become a problem because your faith, your trust, your confidence, your expectations are no longer found in this world. They're found in the God who said, surely I'm going to supply all of your needs according to the riches that are found in my son, Christ Jesus. You know, it, it, ama it amazes me and I get emotional thinking that the God who created the universe, that the God who sent his son to die on the cross for the sins of this world wants to be in relationship with me, even though he knows that I'm going to make mistakes, he knows that I'm going to mess up, say the wrong things, do the wrong things, and think the wrong things, and yet his grace is sufficient for me. God desires to be in relationship with us, but it's a two-way relationship in that it's probably going to require you at times to seek and press into what God is doing. Okay, we got time. First uh, Corinthians, a uh, few verses, First Corinthians 9, 24, 27. Uh, this is Paul talking. 
Do you not realize that in a race everyone runs, but only one person gets the prize? So run to win. All athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize that will fade away, but we do it for an eternal prize. So I run with purpose in every step. I'm not just shadow boxing. I'm going to pause there. There should be purpose in your relationship with the Lord. There should be reason why you do what you do in following Jesus. I discipline my body like an athlete training it to do what it should. Otherwise, I fear that after preaching to others, I myself might be disqualified. Philippians 3.14 says, I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God through Christ Jesus is calling us. I love how Paul uses this race because it paints a picture of, you know, before you run a race, you have to physically get ready, you have to train, you have to exercise. As believers, we're called to be exercising our faith. James chapter 1 says not, let us be doers of the word, not hearers only, otherwise you're going to be deceiving yourselves. In other words, not just reading what the Bible says, but putting into action what the word of God says in your life. You know, and then when you, when you run the race, like Paul said, your focus is on the prize or it's on the finish line. It's not on the other runners around you. It's not on your surroundings. It's on the finish line. When Jesus called Peter to walk on water, the moment Peter started sinking was the moment that he took his eyes off of Jesus and on the storm surrounding him. I believe to make it through these next days, it's going to require us to be fixed and focused on Jesus. I believe it's going to require seeking the Lord while he may be found and calling upon his name while he is near. And I'm 30 seconds over, so I'm done. Let's stand up. Let's stand up. Come on. Let's give it up for Jesus this morning. You know, the Bible says that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. When Jaden declares the word of the Lord, do you not feel the anointing level go up? Do you not feel that in the room? Anyone? Am I the only one? We have got to get God's word in our heart this season like never before. If it's the only thing you can declare, then declare it and declare it louder and louder and louder. You know, I've heard some stories about you when you were going through stuff, and maybe you've shared this here, is that all you knew was to get the word of God in your heart, and you would march through the halls of the house, right? I think it was in the area of fear, and you would just march up and down the hallways of your house saying scriptures like, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. Who the sun sets free is free indeed. I have not been given a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. The same spirit that rose Jesus from the dead is living and dwelling on the inside of me. It's the stuff. It's the stuff. And it takes time. It takes time. See, we want quick fixes just to overcome Jesus. Would you just, like, do this? Would you just do it? You know what? Sometimes you've got to spend hours, days, months years of getting the word of God in your heart. And if all you know is to memorize one scripture and all you have is a little hallway to memorize that scripture, then you just say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. Every tongue that rises up against me shall fall today in the name of Jesus. I will live and not die and declare the works of the Lord. Whatever we can do, let it be in this season all about Jesus and declaring his word. Church, lift your hands to the Lord. I want you to pray a prayer. You're like, sure. 
I didn't sign up for this. But church, let's just close our eyes. Let's lift our hands to the Lord. And I want you to pray a prayer along the lines of a holy hunger for the word of God to rise in the house. Amen? That people would need or people would realize that they need Jesus. Not because someone told them, but that they had a, an unction by the Holy Spirit to draw near to him. Amen? Uh, dear God, we thank you that we can meet and gather together. I thank you for everyone who's here. I just pray that we would just recognize our dependence on you. God, I just pray that our heart's desires would be to want more of you. God, that you're, you're igniting hearts on fire for you. God, that your, your word is spreading across this, this province, this country. God, that you are filling us with who you are. God, that we would just want more of you. We would long for you to be in your presence. God, we thank you for your presence. I just pray that you're bringing life, that just for a hunger for you, God, a holy hunger, where it's, it's not about us, it's not by might, it's not by power, but it's by your spirit. God, I just pray that you're just raising up this next generation, God, just to seek your face, to want more of you. God, we worship you. I just pray just that we would want more of you, that we would just be found in you. Worship you, Jesus. Glorify you. Amen. Amen. And we all said amen. Okay, Pastor Jake's going to come up to the front, and uh, we're going to sing a song before we go, so if the worship team could come up here. Hasn't it been good today? You know what? Maybe you thought you came to hear one message, but you know what? You got to hear a bunch of messages that were from the Spirit of God, and you know what? Get ready. You might be next, so. Okay, we're going to sing a worship song to go home. Did you get anything today? Did the Spirit of God speak to you? Well, I can tell you this 100%. If you didn't hear anything today, it's because you weren't listening. Because the Spirit of God was speaking through one of those five people for sure. And I know that he was speaking between, or from every one of them. So let's pray together. Let's sing a worship song, and uh, uh, we'll make our way home soon enough. Father, we thank you for today. God, we thank you that you've spoken to us. And God, I ask right now in Jesus' name that those words that were said today, they find a home in our hearts so that as we leave this place, we leave transformed and changed, that we're not the same people uh, this afternoon that we were this morning as we walked into the door. God, we thank you like Jaden was praying for a hunger and a desire for you, for more of you, to hear your voice, to know your voice, to hunger and thirst for you so that we are people in these last days that desire you more than anything. We want to see you move. We want to see you speak. We want to see you do what only you can do, both in us and through us, for your good pleasure. Jesus, we love you so much. And we say thank you. Thank you. Thanks so much for joining us today. We hope you are drawn closer to Jesus and that his spirit, his love, and his life are filling you right now. If you'd like more info about who we are and what we're doing at Hope City, head over to hopecitychurch.ca to find out more. And if you liked what you heard, head over to iTunes and rate the podcast to spread the word so others can hear too. And oh, one more thing before we go. We just want to remind you that you were made for hope.